And we're live on the Virtual Real Estate Investing Podcast. How you doing, Frank? Good, man. Feels like a long time since we had an episode, so I'm happy to be here on uh, Thanksgiving week. It's a short week. Everyone's off on Thursday and Friday in our company, so just rounding it out. Feeling good. How about you? For sure. For sure. Yeah, I feel great, man. Um, we always say we're busy. We're kind of not busy, right? Like we're getting into the... Uh, getting into the tough part of, of fourth quarter, but I think we got realistic expectations. We're really trying to do our best to enjoy Thanksgiving week and, uh, you know, set things up for, uh, you know, a good finish through fourth quarter, but then a strong start the first quarter. So I feel great, man. Yeah. I mean, right now in, uh, in our business, we had like, I felt like a bunch of storage deals we were working through doing due diligence on. We had a bunch of single family houses that were in flux. And uh, now we kind of only have like two or three wholesale deals that are moving along nicely, a couple flips. And we're only working one self-storage facility. It's two properties, but it's one contract. And that's going really, really well. So that seems like a lot, but for us, it seems like, it feels like actually a burden's kind of like lifted going into the holidays because we're used to just handling maybe too much volume, I guess. So we're doing good. And today, what are we talking about? Thanksgiving, right? This episode's going to come out on Monday. So we are recording it on Tuesday uh, of Thanksgiving week, right? So it'll come out Monday after Thanksgiving, but we're going to talk about all the things we're thankful for kind of a year in review, uh, a little bit, but, uh, I, I think it'll be good. Let's get right to it though. Okay. So first three questions are going to be business focused. And then the, uh, last three questions will be more like how we look at life. So question number one, business focused, Frank, how has your life changed most in the last year? Um, so business-wise, how have we changed? I think for me, I'm sure this is true for you too. There's a level of maturity gained as a business owner that uh, I didn't have a year ago today. When we first started our company, um, it started out as a side hustle. I had never been an owner in a company before. I was a W-2 employee my entire adult life. Uh, I was in the army before that. So I was kind of like really good at being told what to do and not exercising, um, my ability to work in an ambiguous situation, I guess, is something I was learning. Um, we had we we pretty much defied all the common knowledge or sentiments, um, and probably the advice of some of our mentors when we started our business. We had a lot of partners. We were very top heavy. We uh, thought we could buy and sell houses anywhere in the country, and we're just going to overwhelm everybody with our marketing. And I think we kind of a, approached our business um, with like we were naive, right? And I think uh, now as an owner, I've learned that things are the way they are for good reason, right? Um, unless you have some uh, significant change in process or technology that's going to disrupt a particular industry or business, you're probably going to end up in the long run looking a lot like all the other businesses in your industry, right? And I think we tried to buck a lot of trends. Maybe we're a little stubborn. And I think I have a lot more respect for other business owners. I guess is what I'm saying. I respect my competition more after going through some of the trials and tribulations and successes, right? Uh, that we've had over the past year. What about you? How has my life changed the most? I think I'm as confident in the business as I've ever been, right? Like, so confidence has, uh, has increased significantly, but at the same time, a year ago, I didn't know we were going to be on this path, right? Like we are in a much different place today than I would have predicted a year ago, right? So as I look out over the next year, I'm like, I, I'm confident we're going to be successful. 
But how exactly that success ends up looking, I need to make sure I'm flexible uh, in that plan, right? But I think, um, you know, how has my life changed the most business-wise in the last 12 months? I think it has a lot to do with what I saw good leadership in the army, right? And that's what I've tried to model in our business. But I've learned that there's aspects of that that work and aspects of that that doesn't work, right? In most bureaucratic organizations, saying the army is is one, right? Like, I love the army, but it's a bureaucratic large uh, organization. In a bureaucratic organization, you can be so patient with change, right? You can be so patient with results. And um, what I'm learning in our world is it's it's the quote like f you pay me f you pay me f you pay me right it's like in a startup environment where we're at where we're constantly trying to trying to look at our pnl and, and balance cash flows like the the dollars coming in matter on a daily basis right it's like you know we're making lots of decisions for the long term but at the same time we got to make sure we keep the lights on in the short term right so that's a different mindset a different leadership than i was used to and i've Similar to what you said, I was naive coming in, uh, but we've, I think, both learned that understanding short-term profit and loss is important, is as important as long-term profit and loss. And then your leadership through that matters too. Yeah, I think um, what else changes, I, I like what you said, what else changes also as we've gained experience is my perception of what success looks like in business, right? Um there's no, they say there's no overnight success, right? Overnight success is a very rare, rare thing. Almost no one is an overnight success. And when I look around at peers that are doing well, I see our progress and I see people who are ahead of us also that are doing really, really well. And I just look at every, all the other entrepreneurs and I'm like, man, it's, it's two to four years, right? Like everyone, almost everyone that has success, there's a two to four year period where they're climbing that mountain and that hill. And I think Knowing that and seeing that and having that reinforced allows me to relax a little bit more, right? Uh, I think when we first started this business, we probably were used to having a lot of early success. Like we're good at our jobs and our W2 jobs. We played sports. We, we started on those teams, right? We had you know, relatively good success in everything we've done up to this point. So we're like, oh, we'll just start a business and immediately within six months, it'll be the best version of that business in the country, right? And uh, I think like achieving some perspective in the last year has, has made us a little bit healthier. So I'll say that. Yeah. They, I'm like, uh, business owners, even if they're mom and pop and they don't have college degrees and they don't know how to use technology, doesn't mean they're idiots, right? Like anyone who runs their own business and keeps the lights on for an extended period of time, they know what they're doing, right? There, there might be opportunities to find efficiency, but they know what they're doing. And if you're trying to compete with them, you're like, uh, it's not going to be easy, right? Let's go to, uh, what's your biggest failure of the last year, Frank? Um, I think uh, our big, we kind of maybe touched on this in our first answer, but I think for us, clearly it was scaling too quickly. Um, I think, uh, you know, depending on what type of business you're running, and I think wholesaling fits this model, when you scale quick, you in the short term are going to sacrifice profit margins while you're chasing that upside. And I think there were certain periods in our company where we just overcooked it, right? Too much volume. We stressed our systems quite a bit. And we've had to simplify our operations on the single family side as a result. Um, and I think we've taken a lot of those lessons into storage. And now our storage business is, is starting to grow and it feels like kind of comfortable and under control. <laughs> uh, but part of that's probably because we're, we, we've learned a little bit, right? But I, I do think that that was probably our number one failure. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think 
a couple things I think about is one, we need to do an episode on this, but we, um, we basically had a virtual call center and our um, outbound calling wasn't working. So we had to lay off a bunch of our cold callers and, and some of them were awesome people and awesome workers. And yeah. we just didn't have room for them. Uh, business change. Right. So uh, it was a failure in the fact that I felt responsible for, for, you know, supporting them and their families. And I feel like we let them down by having to let them go. Right. It was the right decision for the business, but it was, it was super tough. Right. So layoffs were super tough. And I'd look at that as a failure. The, the leadership thing, I think, was also a failure, right? I feel like it took me too long to adjust leadership styles, right? Um, and then personally, a little bit, um, you know, just balance, right? Like I, I, you know, it's it's not like I had one moment where I'm like, hey, Plumstead, you're way out of balance, right? But uh, I, I've, you know, it, it ebbs and flows. But in next year, in 2022, I got to do better with balancing, basically like turning off gray line stuff and turning on family stuff. I'm, I'm not good at uh, making those switches. Yeah. The question though, I asked myself and I'll post to you though, is um, can you start a really successful company with high ambition and maintain balance? You have four kids, right? I have two. So like, can, can it be done? Is it an achievable goal? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think yes, but it's defined in different ways right? Like, um, I'm not exactly sure how you think about balance moment in and moment out, you know, or moment to moment. So only you can answer that, right? But I, I think I'm looking at myself and I'm like, there are times where I'm not doing anything productive for the business, but I'm also not locked into my family. And that's what I'm talking about, right? Like, I, I'm not, I, I think working your tail off in your business is absolutely required daydreaming about the business, trying to, you know, solve problems, like all that's going to happen. But there are times where like my family needs me, my family expects me, but I'm in like some no man's land where I'm like, you know, kind of thinking about the business kind of not. And those, those moments are where like, I, I just feel like I got to do a better do- job of tuning in. Yeah. Same. I suffer from that too. I think everybody does at certain points. It's uh, I, I still don't know how to fix that, but good point. For sure. Okay, biggest win. What is our biggest win of the last twelve months? Um, biggest win. We have a lot of we have a lot of wins, right? Um, a lot to be thankful for. I feel like I feel like our first storage deal might end up being one of the best deals we ever do. So I feel like um, like there's some luck there, you know. <laughs> like one, I think we learned a lot. We had a lot of good uh, we had good mentorship. We paid for some education. We learned a lot. So I think we did all those things right. I feel really good about that. We had we had great investors come on our first deal. A lot of them are helping us raise money for the second and third deals, which is great. So I'm thankful for all that stuff. But just strictly from a numbers perspective, we, we locked up a deal and the occupancy went up like 10 or 11, 10 to 12% or something from the day we contracted the property from the day we closed. You know, so like I mean, that's just like a gift, right? Like that, that is a massive shift um, or increase in top line revenue for a commercial real estate asset. Like that's just a big deal. So we we're definitely doing great, but we also got somewhat lucky. And I think we also got a great price at purchase too. So I'm super thankful for that deal. Like I think over the next five years, like that thing's gonna be a big deal for us, you know, <laughs> like straight up. So I'm super thankful for that because it also gives us momentum to continue growing that business. That's huge. For sure. No, I, I agree. I think that's a huge win. I think um, two things I think about is one, I, I think I've said it on here, but I'm um, I'm getting out of the army. So I'm currently an active duty army officer transitioning out off active duty, like submitted that paperwork, got that paperwork back approved. Uh, and we're, we're 
exiting the army after being in, in uh, uh, the army for a long time and we're moving to Florida, right? So the fact that we're doing, doing that and we're doing it uh, together as a family, um, you know, it's, it's scary and intimidating, but we're really exciting, excited. So I think that's a big win. And the other big win is uh, in our single family business, we had a business plan, right? But it was like constantly evolving and so much of it was theories, right? Because we could find a lot of people that was that were successful in single family, but we couldn't find anyone that was successful to the level that we wanted to be successful. So we yeah. felt we felt like we were having to create a new path the whole time. It was it was scary and it didn't ultimately it didn't work, right? Um, we should have you know used that as a sign. But I'm excited now because as we look at real estate private equity, we are copying the business model of people that are already successful, right? Uh, so I'm excited we can look at our business model and like, hey, we're going to put our own spin on it and, and we're going to try to find our own deals and figure out our strengths and weaknesses, right? But we now have a business plan that I am a thousand percent confident it'll work. If we continue to buy a storage deal, you know, once a quarter, once every couple months, once a month, if we can continue to buy good deals with conservative debt in place, like it's it's going to be a great business plan for us. And we're on storage right now, you know, may get to a point where we look at other asset classes, whatever, but I'm I'm confident we got a great plan for 2022. And I'm confident that, you know, no matter what gets thrown at us, we can adjust a little to the left or a little to the right. And we got a great business plan. I, I'll, I'll also add to that. Um, I think we also have a blessing in that by creating a second business, right? With um, that we'll have its own team, employees, right? Its own separate standalone entity that's creating revenue. It also has allowed us and maybe forced us to empower our number one employee, Adam, on the single family side, right? Because that business is still up and running. But by us moving a little bit of focus away, it kind of gives him the space and room to operate and actually control the team without maybe feeling like um, John and Frank are over his shoulder, right? And he's done really, really well. And I think is happy. it's probably also happy that we're further away to a certain extent. Like, I think that that's working out for him. Maybe that, I don't know if that says a good or a bad thing about us, but that's that's the read I'm getting. Um, but that's good, right? Like that means we're able to generate more income streams. To me, that's a healthier business. Um, it's more resilient um, to market conditions, right? Like storage is going to be fine. Even a single family finally takes the uh, the nosedive that Robert Kiyosaki says it's going to take, right? So uh, like that's that's good. That's actually huge for us in terms of unlocking some scale, right? I like it. Okay, so three more questions. These are going to be, well, I guess the fourth question is business related, but then the last two are be more family related. Okay, so here we go. Who is the most impa- most impactful person you've met in the last 12 months? Met in person. Has to be in person. No, I think it just has to be a person. <laughs> Good, because I haven't met a lot of people working from home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me either, right? <laughs> so a couple of people come to mind. Um, I think uh, I think I'd be remiss not to mention our lender, um, Trophy, Samir, Nick, <clears throat> David at Trophy Point. They uh, they have funded like seventy five to eighty percent of our single family deals, um, and they're they've which has been huge for us. Flipping when we look at our books is the most profitable endeavor we had in single family. It was not wholesaling, it was flipping, right? Um, they also have come and offered to help us funding some self-storage facilities if we can get it down to a certain price. Um, so that gives us confidence on the buyer side for our second business as well. So I think they've unlocked a little bit of like the funding key for our business. And that's really, really big. Um, so I feel good to have them as a financing partner. So that's been big. Nice. I like it. Um, this is... 
If you're not on Twitter, you're going to look at me like I'm a dweeb, but I'm going to say it anyways. The most impactful people I've met have been through Twitter. And this is the reason why, okay, is um, in a in a work from home environment, right? Like it can be difficult to network, right? Um, then you think work from home. And on top of that, like small startup entrepreneurs, like there, there isn't like a, like a startup club in most mid-sized cities in the United States, right? So like, where do you meet these like-minded people? And uh, I found a lot of them on on Twitter, right? There's all kinds of uh, real estate private equity folks um, on, on Twitter that we've been able to connect with, right? So I, I think my number one there would be Nick Huber. Although, uh, you know, he's, he's super successful and he's definitely a couple steps ahead of us. He was the first one that really started uh, kind of pushing us to, to look at storage. So that was the path down um, down this road. And then he also pushed us to look at Twitter, right? So that has also, we went to one conference in 2021. I think we're going to look at probably doing one a quarter in 2022. So it's helped us network a bunch as well, right? For, so like this one, one person, Nick Huber, led us to Twitter, which led us kind of to storage, which led us to get out to more of these conferences. And I think, you know, networking is such a weird word, but this idea of like meeting more interesting and impactful people. I think 2022 is going to be a really big year for us and a really fun year. I was telling my wife, I feel like I've lost a little bit of like my, uh, my social skills between COVID and work from home. Um, uh, I'm excited to get those back and to hopefully take them to the next level and have, have a ton of fun meeting new people and developing new relationships in 2022. Yeah. Yeah. I probably have to, um, talking about Nick, I, we met Nick, wasn't it because we offered to help with like, wasn't it like a coincidence that we met him in the first place? It wasn't even from Twitter. I'm trying to remember how that came down. No, it was, it was Twitter, but it was, uh, he was asking about sending text messages on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So he was like, Hey, who knows how to send mass text messages? Um, and I like, you know, I was trying to help him. Right. But I was also like, this is a big Twitter account. Like I want to try to get some love from this guy and, you know, see, see if anything can come of it. So I like gave him a couple of comments. He hit me in, up in DMs uh, and then he called me and we talked for a little while. And uh, he was basically like, hey, um, would you be willing to train my team a little bit on you know how this stuff works? He's like, I'll pay you a consulting fee. And I was like, hey, how about this? Instead of having a consulting fee, me and my business partner are happy to talk you and your team through all of it. But then you got to come on our podcast instead of paying us a consulting fee. Um, and he was down with it. Right. So that, that's how that relationship started. Um, you know, so it was a little bit of uh, psychological operations for me to like kind of sneak into his, his comments, but, uh, it worked, you know? Oh, totally. That's, that's a fair trade, man. That's certainly a fair trade. Yeah. Very, very cool. I remember. Nice. Okay. Two uh, final questions. Thanksgiving. Okay. Uh, I love Thanksgiving. I think it's a wonderful holiday, right? Um, let's talk about some of the traditions you have, especially like with kids, right? You got two awesome young daughters. I've got four young boys. Uh, I think personally, I look at Thanksgiving differently now that I have kids. Cause like what you do every year, you kind of want to like keep doing it and establish some tradition. So, uh, talk to me about, about that. So my kids are young, right? Sorry. There's like a vacuum going off in the background. The, uh, <laughs> My kids are young, so we don't have a ton of traditions for Thanksgiving. Like they can't baste the turkey. Like physically, last year they couldn't do anything, right? They were two and one years old. But we do have an amazing Christmas card tradition that we start that we send out right after Thanksgiving. 
Every single year, we send out a Christmas card, and it's based off of some relevant pop culture happening that's going on. Last year, we did The Sopranos, but it was just the Scapatichis, and like my oldest daughter was James Gandolfini, Tony Soprano. Um, sorry, there's an alarm going off in my house. Why, listen, why don't we do this? You answer the question while my <laughs> I see my house is on fire, and I'll come back. Okay, so Thanksgiving traditions, all right? Um, with with kids, one thing we always are tempted to travel uh, on Thanksgiving, and I'm always against traveling on Thanksgiving because I'm like, hey, I want to do Thanksgiving at our house at home. I want to do the same thing every single year, and then if we want to travel, we can do it on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, right? So what do we do on on uh, Thursday? Number one is we do pumpkin pie for breakfast, right? You got to have pumpkin pie for breakfast on Thanksgiving. So I'm always going to make two pumpkin pies and then me and the boys and Danielle, if she wants to uh, uh, try it, everyone gets pumpkin pie for breakfast. The other thing we do is uh, we try to do a turkey bowl, right? So we try to play some type of football um, Thursday morning, whether it's family or, uh, you know, with some friends and coworkers, we always try to do uh, turkey bowl Thursday morning. And then we also watch the Lions. I grew up in Michigan. So I grew up a Lions fan. So we got to try to watch the Lions. It's like the Lions Super Bowl because the Lions are so bad year in and year out. But we try to watch the Lions every year for Thanksgiving as well. Frank, you're back. Any other traditions you want to talk about or you want to go to uh, Thanksgiving plans? No, I was just going to make fun of the Lions. I, I think the Lions are the, they've only won one playoff game since the Lions have been created, which is an interesting fact because I think that's not true. That's not, a That's not true. I thought that was true. Maybe it's two. Well, the qualifier is in the modern age because they were NFL champions in 1959. So uh, I'm going to hang my hat on NFL champions 1959. It was before the Super Bowl, though. So, Maybe it's uh, two playoff wins in the Super Bowl era. Maybe that's the... that. That is, I believe, a correct stat. But I would also like to point out that you're a Jets fan. And since, since uh, Joe Namath, I mean, you guys have kind of been struggling too, brother. <laughs> Yeah, I actually quit the Jets last season, and then I rejoined the fan base <laughs> this year, and it hasn't been any better. <laughs> so I'm yeah. so frustrated. But anyway, let's, All let's right, move man. on. Final question. What are your plans for Thanksgiving uh, Thanksgiving this year? So we're going to my mother-in-law's house. and But the cool thing about our uh, family, the way we do it, is <clears throat> my mom and my family also go over. So we end up having like a joint family tradition every year. So there's a ton of kids. My sister's got three boys. My brother's going to stop by. He's got two girls. I got two girls. My brother-in-law's got two kids. Like, so we end up just cramming everybody in my uh, mother-in-law's house and have a ton of food, do the whole Turkey, you know, cranberry, all that stuff. Um, and there's like 12 kids there. It's wild. So it'll be fun. Uh, exhausting, but fun. What about you? Nice. Uh, that, that's good, man. Both both sides of the family uh, together. That's good. I don't think most families can pull that off, right? <laughs> she bought a new house last year, and the house has enough space. So thank God, because um, the old house was a little <laughs> tight in the kitchen, so it was mass chaos. And she had a piano, yeah. and you know, little kids. Oh, this yeah, is the piano, good. dude. It was like the worst, bro. You couldn't even hear yourself talk. But now, now the setup is really good. Very nice. Um, so when. My wife and I were first married. She was stressing out about cooking Thanksgiving dinner, right? Uh, so I was like, screw it. I'll cook it. Um, and since then, I've been cooking Thanksgiving dinner every year. I love to cook. Um, so I, I feel like I've got my turkey down and my sides. By the way, turkey 
Um, you can fry it. It's really good. We usually smoke ours. We used to do it on a Weber. I got a pellet smoker now. Uh, but the trick is, I know this is after Thanksgiving when you're hearing this, but inject it with some Tony's uh, injectable butter. It's it's the good stuff, Creole butter, okay? But anyways, um, I, I have all that stuff dialed in. But this year, my wife said, hey, instead of doing turkey, we should do steaks. I was like, hell yeah, baby. <laughs> you want to do steaks? Like, let's, let's do it. So I just got back from the butcher shop. I got... Uh, uh, prime ribeyes, uh, dry age, like 45 days, two inches thick. Um, they're like, you know, the, the most expensive steaks I've ever seen or bought in my life, but I'm super, super pumped. We're going to reverse serum. I got my wife, a, a nice filet. We're going to do that. We're going to have a bunch of pies. Uh, we're going to watch the lions, hopefully do some Turkey bowl stuff. Should be, should be good. I'm, I'm excited. Let's do, I, I know that go ahead. I was going to ask a question. That sounds amazing. Turkey, dark meat or white meat? Um, white meat, if I cook it, because it'll be good. White or, you know, dark meat, if it's 99% of turkeys that are we cooked on Thanksgiving, because everyone is going to overcook their turkey and it's going to be dry. So you can do that if you just put a ton of cranberry sauce on it. But generally, um, you know, if it's nice and, and juicy, white meat is amazing. But if it's dry, then it's, it's no good. Or if they cut it wrong, right? You got to cut perpendicular to the grain, right? So then it's it's nice and it, it helps, right? Yeah, maybe maybe I'm eating that 99% of white meat because I I'm gonna go out and say white meat turkey is overrated, but the dark meat rock solid. So do do you eat cranberry sauce? I do, but I don't really like the cranberry mixing in with the turkey that much. I like just gravy on my turkey. The cranberry on meat? I don't, I don't know. It's not me. I mean, it's it's pretty good. I spent most of my life thinking that the cranberry was beets because it was like shaped like the can. I'm like, I'm not eating beets. And then I tried the cranberry sauce. I was like, this is pretty good, man. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't like to mix it with the meat, but that's just me. I mean, good turkey, in my opinion, shouldn't need gravy or cranberry sauce. Uh, that being said, I've eaten, I've eaten plenty of both. Right. So let's go. I know I said that was the last question, but let's make this one the last question. What do you, what are you most thankful for, right? Business or otherwise, what are you most thankful for? And then we'll wrap it up. Man. Um, obviously it's my family. I'll say my, my wife, my wife has, uh, been a great partner. She's a really, really good person. She also, um, is in a lot of ways permitting, uh, us to take this risk. Um, financially she's been able to support our family even though we live in a pretty um, high cost of living area, just north of New York City. And um, like just straight up, we, I don't think we'd be able to have this much of a timeline or long of a timeline to reach success with our real estate business if it wasn't for her. Yeah, at least for me, right? You'd have to just do it on your own. Uh, <laughs> because uh, the first six to 12 months, like you just don't really, you got to reinvest everything that you do make back into the business to grow it. And uh, you don't take a lot of that home with you, right? So she's been allow- allowing us to scale to a certain extent. So Appreciate her. Also, she's a lot of fun. She's a funny lady. Um, and uh, I I also am grateful for her because she's been watching us a lot. And she's been watching how like we're all about routines and self-discipline and all that stuff. And like last month, she was waking up at like 6 a.m. working out every day. And as I kind of um, revamped her personal discipline and routine, and that's been cool to watch. So I'm grateful for that too. Excellent. Uh, I like it. I, I think my answer is similar. Um, I one though is I'm really thankful for my health. In 2021, I've tried to uh, really be proactive health-wise, sleep, nutrition, exercise, uh, you know, and mental health as well. So trying to invest in that, and it's paid off. I feel really good. Uh, but then I agree. I'm thankful for my wife. She's she's awesome. She's my rock. 
and then my kids. Uh, my boys are nine, eight, six, and four. One of the awesome things about where we are is like, as a parent, you always think it's fun, right? Like it's, it's always fun. Every age is fun. Right. But it really does like get better every year. And we're to the point now where like, I love spending time with my family, whether it's playing football or going for a hike or just spending time together. It's, it's a lot of fun. So I think I'm most thankful for my family. And also that like, you know, you know, when it's like, when you're watching a baby, like, Hey, it's awesome. Cause it's, it's your baby. Um, but I truly enjoy spending lots and lots of time with my family now. So that's it. Awesome, man. Love it. All right. Take us out. Hey, thanks everybody. And hope you guys have an awesome Thanksgiving. Take some time off. Be thankful for what you got. Be grateful. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at John Plumstead and at Frank Scapp. Thank you.